boom and we're live welcome to watch play repeat what up pimps what up david how you doing i'm good i'm good man just been living you know how you been i'm good i'm good been playing a lot of video games um let's get some housekeeping out of the way real quick um if you're newer to the show and maybe uh you saw shameless plug on facebook or twitter or something about the show um you can find us on spotify or uh stitcher uh, you can also find us on itunes if you're an apple user um i like spotify the best that's what i use for music and podcasts same same here same here um so you can find us on those if you want to continue listening thank you for sticking with us so far um also in our mcu movie talk episode you may refer hear us refer to um, a previous episode or our first episode. There were audio issues, right? There were audio issues. We ended up taking that episode down, so it is no longer uh, able to be listened to. Um, But yeah, other than that, let's uh, hop into the show. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll be honest. I have not watched a whole lot of anything. I mean, I finished up Haunting of Hill House, which was great. I know I talked about it last week as well. Really, really solid stuff. Very solid acting. Satisfying ending as well. But to be honest, mostly what I've been doing is playing video games. I haven't had a whole lot of yep. time for a heck of a lot else. Yep, same thing. So basically, uh, kind of a repeat of last weekend where all I've done is play a video game, except this weekend it's Red Dead 2. Um, yeah, and you, yeah, the in-laws come in. Yeah, they came for, for a day. So uh, I didn't play that day, but I, I played the night before. And of course, I played as soon as they left and <laughs> played on the Monday as well. I played as much as I could. Uh, awesome game. I have a ton to talk about about it. Um, I think I think it's I think it's a really really good game. I think it deserves yep. all the hype it's getting. I think yes. that if it's a game that you don't own it yet, I think it's one you should because it's a game that that people are going to reference if you're in the video game community and people are going to expect that you know things about it moving forward. Oh, big time! Yeah, um, there's a lot of things in this game that future developers will definitely be using in their games. Some of the tricks and tools that Rockstar used here are maybe they some of them have been done in the past, but they haven't been done this well, and they haven't been this polished. So, um, yeah, let's get into Red Dead. I've got some notes here. So, some pros. There are some cons. So, oh, I think I think, gonna, I think there are a couple. To be yeah. honest, I'm, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait till we get to the cons. But. We'll get into them, and and by no way do the cons outweigh the pros i would say the exact opposite like the pros are so much bigger and better than the few little issues with it that absolutely it's it's still an absolute buy if you haven't if you're thinking about buying it buy it um it's definitely worth it worth your time worth your energy I, i would say it's worth it completely and totally okay so let's get into it some pros so the first thing i noticed basically in chapter one also, real quick, by the way, we're not going to be talking any story story spoilers. No, so if you're worried about that, don't worry about not. that. However, um, if you haven't played the game at all and you don't want to hear anything about maybe gameplay mechanics or cool little tidbits like that, um, I do want to talk about those. No spoilers, but like little things. So if you want to go in completely blind, maybe skip to halfway through the podcast for the beer review or something yeah, like yeah. that. Because if you just want to go in completely fresh, maybe, maybe don't listen to us go in depth here. But um, again, no story spoilers. Um, so the first thing I noticed, chapter one, um, the game opens up, and the first thing I noticed was the voice acting by oh both gosh. Arthur Morgan, the person you play as, and, and Dutch. Dutch's Dutch's voice acting is really solid. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the I don't know the voice actor's name, but he, I don't either. He absolutely did a great job with this, and I I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, he like I remember Dutch's, and I, I'm. It sounds like the same voice actor from Red Dead Redemption One. 
Um, he just kills it in this. He's very charismatic, and you feel like you should be following him, and you can see his cause and stuff like that. And I think that that's not something that all video games can accomplish with like a lead character. Well, I mean, he's not even a lead character. He's a side character. Yeah, he's kind of like the character. He, he's the leader of the gang, obviously. But, he, but he's, not, he's not the protagonist of our story. Yeah, he's not the protagonist, but I think he's just as interesting as the protagonist. Oh, agreed. agreed. Um, I think his acting is great. Um, I'm really looking forward to see where that all goes by the end of this game. Obviously, we know what happens in Red Dead 1, um, but then the other character is Arthur Morgan. So... He had big shoes to fill because everyone loves John Marston, and yes. they love the voice actor that yep, plays John absolutely, Marston. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that was one of the best parts about Red Dead Redemption 1. I would I would say that Arthur Morgan, in terms of things, yeah, just in terms of likability, you can customize him to look and to Very dress. customizable. Very, uh, much different, much different than the way Red Dead 1 felt, at least to me, in terms of customizability of character. Yeah. Well, and his character feels... A lot. I don't want to say more fleshed out, but there's seems to be more depth there, maybe because you can play it more ways because of how Red Dead has progressed. Like what Rockstar has done, there's more decisions to be made, and it seems like you can either go evil or good or ride that line. Well, this and, this feels this feels more like Grand Theft Auto Five, and the last one felt like Grand Theft Auto Four. And I mean, yeah. there's been there's been a lot of a lot of improvements since then. And I would I mean, obviously those two games are very different, but. That's that's just kind of the comparison I'm going to make. I I think that I think our audience can understand what I'm talking about in that way. Okay, so yeah, so Arthur Dutch, great. Um, all the side characters, uh, voice yeah, all, acting, all the, all the people in the well. in the camp feel really real and feel like they all have unique personalities, and that's something that you can't always say. Yeah, um, yeah. All the characters feel like they have a purpose, and they feel very particular. Um, the thing I like about the camp, so the dynamic's totally different from Red Dead One, where Red Dead One felt very lonely. You're off on your own a lot. This this feels like this feels like you're part of a community and you want to contribute yeah. to it. It's fun too. Yeah. Oh, I agree, one hundred percent. I think that was the best direction that they could have taken for the sequel, because um, you don't want to just do a repeat of while well, you're a lone gunslinger hunting down your old gang. Like this is a really <laughs> nice uh, angle to go at it from. You know, I think this was a smart idea. Definitely, definitely. Um, so, music and sound effects. Right away. Or I, I wouldn't say right away. I would say probably about chapter two, um, <clears throat> without any spoilers. Beginning of chapter two, um, there's... Very, very cinematic. And with the cinematic visuals, you also get cinematic audio, I would say. Yeah. Well, th- we talked briefly in one of our episodes, I think, about that moment. The, the, in, scene, the scene where you're going into Mexico. In the first Red Dead Redemption, correct. And <clears throat> there's moments where it feels like that all the time in this game. Yes. When you've either maybe com- just completed a story mission or maybe you're just out riding around on your horse. And it feels like that one moment. It feels very special and like they carve this piece of uh, you know audio out for you to experience in that moment. That's a really good way to put it. I can't, I can't put it better myself. That's a really, really good way to put it. Um, the sound effects are also really good. 
Um, everything is punchier. Everything is kind of ramped up. Well, from guns, the first guns, one. guns feel nuts. Guns feel so yeah. powerful in this game. Yeah, the, everything's got a loud crack to it. Yeah, when you and I think I think everything feels very deliberate. So when you shoot a gun, there's a half second delay where you have to either you know cock back your revolver, you have to cock yeah. the bolt act, not the bolt action, the lever action. Right, right, right. I mean, it's it just it feels. Yeah, it's a nice little touch of realism there. Yeah, that, and it's, it's it's unique and it's fun and it's it's clever and it, it 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 just adds to that depth of realism and playability. Yeah, that's something that has never been better in not only a Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead game, but pretty much any open world game. Like everything just feels very real, very realized. Um, decisions that characters make make more sense. I think. Um, <clears throat> Characters' decisions, um, even side characters' decisions, seem to have more weight to them. And Definitely, they I would also, agree with that 100%. I mean, I don't know what kind of algorithms and codings went into all of the stuff that they keep track of with the NPCs in the game and like the store owners and down to just random people you run into on the side of the street, but they remember you. They'll remember you two weeks later if you haven't been in a store, and they'll be like, hey, it's been a while. Like, how you doing? And it's like, what the hell? Like, I haven't been here in, like, two days. <laughs> and it's just little things like that that add up. Um, we talked a little bit about the gunplay. The customization on the guns, I think, is Oh, my great. gosh. So cool. Um, they added a, ni- a lot of cool little things, which is nice because one of my nitpicks is... Um, a lot of the same guns from Red Dead Redemption One. Well, Almost all of the same guns. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think the guns that you got in Red Dead One were unique and they were fun and they were, you know, they were time period pieces and they're basically the greatest hits of the guns from the well, I mean, that period, which it, is okay because yeah, it worked and say, it works again. I was about to say, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to get into, you know, you don't want to do a deep dive into guns in the early nineteenth, oh, well, late nineteenth century. I <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, that's, that's not what you want to do. Right, yeah. So, uh, we talked about NPCs more intelligent. Um, we did talk about the game just feels less lonely um, than the first one. The first one also felt, like, very eerie at times and almost, like, it felt- horror-esque. And well, I mean, and I think that I think they built on that in that uh, that expansion pack with the zombies. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. There are moments in this game that do feel kind of eerie and weird. Like I stumbled across this church. Yeah, and there was dead bodies on cots inside and stuff. See, I haven't stumbled across it. <laughs> There's like notes left behind that they were they were on this quest or something, and it basically it sounded like a religious cult of some kind. And it sounded like they pretty much all killed themselves. And you can rummage through this church and, like, you know. Can you loot the bodies, oh, though? Yeah, well, the, it's you can loot their uh, bedside tables. So you can go, <laughs> go next to all of them and open up the thing. Oh, yeah, there's some moonshine. Cool. Um, so, yeah, so there's creepy little moments like that. Um, there's also a side quest um, in, like, Chapter 3. Again, this isn't a spoiler. It's just a side quest. But there's these weird people that have developed. They live remotely on this like piece of property there's like a barn and like a house and stuff and you go with one of your gang members from the camp who tells you about this job and you go Mm -hmm. there and he's like people just say they act strange and they've like developed their own dialect and like this weird way of communicating with each other and you sit there and just hang out a bit before ambushing them because you're you're gonna rob them essentially yeah they're just weird like it gives you a weird (laughs) feeling and you're kind of like off you know away from civilization you're like man i got like a weird feeling about this <laughs> i mean then you just go on guns blazing and kill them all but 
when I was done and they were all dead and I was in um, Javier, I think is who you, who, who you go there with. He rides off. And then I was just sitting there by myself and like the sun had set and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to get out of here. I got, like, I got to get out of here. I, I took off, but yeah. No, I think, I think that one thing that I, that I struggle with that game and what kind of pushes me away at a time, it kind of pushed me. I, I'm somebody who struggles with focus in video games. Um, yeah, I want, I want my game to be very tight and red dead is definitely not a game. That's, <laughs> that's you know, here's a linear thing. It's, a, it's yeah. not a super Mario brothers game, which is, which is, yeah. which is what I hold as the pinnacle of game design, things like that to me, at least sure. is where you're going from level to level and there's different challenges. This is definitely not that it says, all right, here is everything all at once. <laughs> yeah. You need to go out and figure it out. And because of that, sometimes it pushes me away. And I it's just, a little daunting. It is. At times. It, it is. is. It really is. And I mean, the, the story missions do do a nice job of helping you to explore things and helping you to figure out where things are. And They'll introduce you to having to pay off bounties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one of them caused me to rack up a $225 bounty, and this was early in the game. That was like all my money, and I had to pay it off or I couldn't go in that area. Um some people I've heard some people talking like about the whole bandana thing and like getting a bounty. So from the way I understand it, it just it just affects your um, your honor. Yeah, your honor. Right? It, That's does, it. it has nothing to do with what you, you get still got to pay off a bounty. Correct. So I, I think they did that deliberately so you couldn't just go on giant rampages and have basically no ramifications because some people don't care about honor. So they would just you know, do whatever they wanted. <laughs> and and now if you do that, you can end up with like a thousand dollar bounty if you just go on like a crazy rampage, you know, for hours. So, but no, the game the game is nuts. It's massive. There's a lot of different biomes in the game. Yep. So there's mountains. There's swampy areas. There's kind yeah. of an area that feels kind of like the South. Yep, for I'm sure. Not, I'm not Louisiana. Exactly, yeah, I'm yeah. getting some real like Louisiana vibes. Yeah, from it's, it. it's New Orleans. It's interesting. It's interesting and unique because this game. I don't even know exactly where this game is set. Yeah, I mean, it, it never it never specifically tells you kind of what's in the state. south somewhere. I mean, yeah, that that's all it kind of says. Yeah, so uh, the only other thing I had um, main story quests. So a big difference between this game and the last one is in this one, um, I was kind of thinking back because I, I played like another two and a half hours of this game last night, and I was thinking to myself during that quest that I was talking about where we went to that creepy place and where the people are speaking their own language and stuff, yeah, yeah. and how that mission, that side quest was formed was talking with a guy at camp. Um. And a lot of the differences between this game and the last one are in the last one you kind of just ran into random people like Seth, that weird guy who like dug up dead oh, bodies. Oh yeah. And like the old guy who like sold the medicine and stuff oh, and man, like you're bringing back so many memories. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But all these people seem to be just random people that John would come across. But as opposed to this game where when you're in camp somebody'll talk to Arthur about something Bas- that's going on yeah. or basically all of the main story missions come from people within the camp either going with them or them telling you about something and it feels more organic in that way definitely i would agree i like it i like that change a lot most definitely um so i do have some nitpicks and i I do mean nitpicks i I would not say these are detrimental to the game but they're just little things that i've noticed let's let's list them all let's talk about them um so the one thing i've noticed um especially having living with someone and trying to like not blast my my music or my games or movies or whatever all the time is the audio during cutscenes seems to be quite a bit louder than the other audio. Yes, I seem loud. to always find myself turning down my TV whenever a cutscene starts. Um, well, and I think so. I think that might be a situation just with your TV. 
I mean, I think that games like this, and I mean, I think that people, when they design these games, they think about the people at the very, very high end who have the high end speakers, and that's probably what they eh. test this stuff on. I know. I mean, I'm, I suppose, but you I, know, for, for for your Joe Schmoes, it's not, it's not, it's not realistic. But I'm I mean, sure that there's a reason that they did the audio balancing like that to where they wanted the cutscenes to be louder. Well, probably. Um, so there, there's one. I mean. I mean, take that as it is. I mean, it's really not that big a deal. Um, the one thing that the clunky movement. So yeah, clunky, and I mean, Arthur handles like a three hundred pound man sometimes, <laughs> especially in interiors. He is a tough guy to like move around a building. Um, interiors and picking up stuff. Yeah, can be a little the, tricky. The picking up of things, also the looting system, feels a little archaic in the way that it goes about it. Personally, I think it's archaic. Could be better. Yeah, could I, be better. I, it just that, like I said, like that—that's such a small part of the gameplay that it really doesn't even yeah. matter. Like I but. said, nitpicks here. Um, not being able to run at camp is such yeah. a pet peeve. What is that about? Why did they why think that can was a good I not, idea? Why can I not run? Why can I only fast walk? Yeah, exactly. It's a fast walk. You can't even jog. It's miserable. It makes me want to like jog along the outer rim of the map so I can get or excuse me around the camp so I can get closer to what I'm going to inside (laughs) of the camp because you literally you could probably get to where you wanted to go inside the camp faster doing it that way yeah yeah, it's it's irrational it's not not good I I hope they change that if they can in a patch maybe they don't want to change it I don't know but album is not good (laughs) it's not good (laughs) Um, yeah I I hope they change that because it it just takes way too long to get somewhere yeah and um, camps are big. Like, it's a pretty yeah, it decent-sized area. And, yeah, and, and especially if you have to walk. If you yep. have to walk. And in this game, walking is never. Yeah, so. I never walk unless it makes you inside a camp. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, like, a lot of the story missions you get from people inside the camps, so you have to walk to them, and it just... It could be faster. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, lots of Red Dead. Um, I'm not even halfway through it, and I've put in probably... 15 to 20 hours if I had to just guess. I'd probably say I put closer to f- 10 to 15. Yeah. Somewhere in there. I haven't done a ton of the side quests. I was focusing more on the story. Yeah. Because for me, I, like I said, like I, I very much want a linear experience. And this is this is like, all right, here's everything. I, I Yeah. And I, I like both. Um, but the game, it is a lot. It's a lot they throw at you. But I love it. I'm just taking it one one step at a time, I guess. And, and I think I think that's the only way to take a game like this is one step at a time. There, It's so massive and there's so many yeah. things. And everybody's going to have a different experience because of how big it is. Yeah, I got more sidetracked when I first started playing. Um, when it first kind of unleashes you into the big open world, you know, after a certain point in the game. And you can kind of do whatever you want at that point. Um, I kind of was all over the place. I was doing everything I could. And I've kind of quit doing that because... I want to kind of stick more to the main story now because I was just wasting a lot of time. But, I mean, we could we could talk for probably three hours about this game, so we're going to move it along. Um, <laughs> playing some Black Ops 4 as well. Um, oh, since so our last much. podcast, I did have to return the rental, but I did play it since our last podcast. Um, it's a great game. Dude, it's, it's such a marked improvement from... Yeah, from the last two three games, I would say. Yeah, so you you hadn't played it yet at our last podcast, right? Uh, no, okay. I. So just, what, what's your what's your impression? It's, it's um, good. I really I really really like some of the things that are going on in multiplayer. 
Yep. I have not played any zombies, which is so weird because yeah. I would say in high school I was a zombies aficionado. It's all I wanted to do. <laughs> it's all I wanted to play. But, dude, the blackout mode. The blackout mode just feels so good. Yeah. It's... As, somebody, as somebody who's played PUBG and Fortnite, and I played Fortnite, I would say, a decent amount. Oh, really? Yeah. I've I, Well, Becca always wants to play. That's the only game she ever wants to play. Right. And so we, we play that, but... I mean, I've played PUBG on my PC, and I played Fortnite quite a bit on PC and on console. And, dude, on console, this game feels so good. Blackout yeah. feels so fantastic. For me, I think a big part of it's the first-person aspect. I don't know what it well, was. Well, PUBG's first-person, too. Yeah I, yeah, I never played PUBG. I couldn't bring myself to pay $30 for a game that was nowhere near finished. Well, and definitely isn't. As somebody who paid for it and then played it, it's definitely not finished. This feels very polished. It feels very good. It's definitely an end product. Yeah. Well, and it's and you can expect that to a certain degree from like Activision. Like it's definitely. gonna if they're gonna make a blackout mode, like a battle royale mode, it's probably gonna be more polished than PUBG. Absolutely. Um, and it's they're, not, they're, well, because they're a massive company. Yeah, yeah. That that's totally different. I mean, we're talking we're talking about a difference of a market difference in the number of dudes who are working on a game, the number of dudes who are testing a game. Massive yeah. difference. Blackout. Ton of fun. How have you been doing it? It's it's pretty like bare. Like they just kind of toss in. It's kind of hard to get used to in um, that regard. I've had a couple. I think my best finish so far. I came in second place. Yep, same. That's the closest I've gotten. I've gotten it. second place. Um, I got second place in a solo, and I got second place in a duo with Selman. Yeah, same. So I've gotten um, two second place finishes, and one same thing. One was in a single, one was in a duo. Dude, when I when I play squads though, I play it's so same, much harder. Dude, same. It's That's what I'm so saying. So much harder. I yep. play so much worse. And dudes, there's it. It just seems like their ability to focus you. I mean, you turn a corner and there's four dudes who just yep immediately mow you down, and it's it's less fun to me. Yeah, I think that's why I do better in singles because I think I brought this up before. I do better on one-on-one gun battles, and when you can get shot by a dude's teammate that you're trying to kill, that, oh, yeah. that really just... Oh, it, 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 it makes you mad. Yeah. Um, heist. That was the other high oh, point for me. Dude, I'm really enjoying this game type. To be honest, I mean, I played I played one game of Search. How was it? It and doesn't... I, it's and not I, as good, and I right? went back to heist. Yeah. I, dude, that's the only game type I've played. Same, yeah. That, I mean, is. I've played a couple matches of Team Deathmatch Death match, and like one of Search and, and some Search, but yeah, the the heist is just so much fun, and it's just yeah. Uh, I can't even I can't even begin to describe. It's it's so different. It's so fresh. Um, what do you uh, what do you usually buy off the bat? I usually so it depends on the map. If it's a close quarters map, I'll sometimes buy the shotgun just to surprise dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a bad idea. But otherwise, uh, depending on how I'm feeling, uh, depending on how I'm feeling about the map and how I do on the map, I'll buy an extended mag if it's a map I usually do well on. Yep. Uh, and if it's not, then I won't buy anything. Have you tried going like a whole game, just maxing out the pistol and like trying to go at it that way? I've seen I've seen a lot of dudes do that. That's not it's something fun. I do. It is. Okay. It's fun, but it's yeah. I mean, you're not gonna do great every game doing that. <laughs> whereas where if Whereas you can get on a roll if you're you know you're buying the vapor every every game. I'm a bigger fan of the ICR and the Maddox. Those are my two favorite ARs. Those are good, but the problem is they're more expensive. Oh, so true. you gotta save yeah. up a little bit more. 
Um, I'm a big fan of the Vapor. And then when I first started, I was a big fan of the KN57 just because I knew what I was getting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. AK, I mean, it's an AK-47. <laughs> but it, it just it feels so much worse than this. If This is the worst AK I've ever used. What? This I is, think it's one of the best. Really? Yeah. I think this, it handles great. This It handles great, but in terms of damage per hit, when you, when you use an AK, you want something that is higher recoil. Higher recoil. I think the damage output's great. I think it's just mm. slow recoil, or mm. excuse me, slow rate of fire. Mm. It's the only thing that holds it back. No Mangusta. And in this game, in this game, rate of fire is everything. Eh, yeah, definitely can be. Depends on your other attachments as well. Mm. I don't know. Well, and that's why I switched to the Vapor, because the Vapor's better. And the yeah. attachments you get with it are better, I think, than the KN, as far as heist goes. Um, definitely. Granted, they did change in the regular multiplayer, too. Like, certain, even just speaking assault rifles here... Um, you get different attachments depending on the assault rifle. Correct. That, that's true. Um, which is kind of a weird move, but I guess it may, I'll go it may, with it. I think, I think it makes sense from a game developer standpoint. You want you want your guns to feel balanced, even for somebody who has everything maxed out. You want things to feel balanced in some way. Yeah, I think there's a lot of... Well, and kind of going back to MWT that we talked about last <laughs> week, Like this game has a lot of overpowered weapons, which oh, makes it yeah. feel... Although the assault rifles seem the to be the reigning are champs, way like, way yeah. above everything else. Literally yeah, everything if, else. If you're not using an assault rifle, you're probably going to get outgunned at almost any range. It seems like correct, even at close range with the yep. SMGs, you're going to get outgunned at close range with an SMG. Yeah, the time to kill range. seems to be faster. So if you, yeah, I mean that's that's why I switched to using like the vapor or anything. I used the Maddox for a little bit. Um, the recoil really screwed me over, though. I couldn't get used to the recoil on that gun. But um, biggest problem with heist, and maybe with regular multiplayer too, but I don't play regular multiplayer, is the seekers and oh, hellstorms. Seekers, seekers are a mega problem in this. Yeah, game mode. and That's they're far more common than the hellstorm because they're cheaper to buy. I would, I would say that they should be almost a thousand dollars just because of how strong they are. Yeah, that'd be nice. And if, if you miss, if you miss that prompt to press square. I don't even understand it because sometimes so I swear I hit it. Basically, what ends up happening is if it tells you to press square, you need to press and hold square, and then it pulls out the little electrocution thing. Yeah, but it's a little. It's it's frustrating, and Hellstorm missiles can knock out three, four dudes because this is yep. not a coordinated game type. I mean, there's not. Well, and it's one where you want to stick with your teammates to help revive them, so Correct. you're clumped together, and then you all get taken out by a Hellstorm. Um, but however, the Hellstorm costs four thousand dollars, so that's good at least. It's a lot, mm, but, but still. I've still gotten hit three, four rounds in a row with oh, Hellstorms yeah, because, because, because they save up for them. Yeah, oh, definitely. And that the, can the secret, win a game. Seekers and Hellstorms are a problem in that game mode. I would agree. Um, I, I started I, using. I use, I use both. I yeah. I started. I don't really save up for Hellstorms because I but like the seeker, buying the their seeker stuff. Is the Seekers. So that's become a normal buy for me because you got to fight fire with fire. Oh, and, dude, it's miserable. Don't have them. The best thing is to like plop one down and then run behind it. Oh yeah, and then wait around a corner and then you know get somebody to run around easy kill. Um, I think that's probably how you're supposed to play with them, make them most effective. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'm definitely gonna be buying Black Ops this weekend um, since I rented it before. That's my guy. Um, just if you like the older, if well, if you if you're a fan of Call of Duty, like I'd buy Black Ops. I think, I think this is more of a it's a it's a return. It's a return to some of the things that you like. It's a return to the ideas that you like in Call of Duty. It feels very fast paced. It feels very much you can jump in and you don't have to have any background knowledge. Whereas when I play Blackouts, uh, when I play Black Ops Three, 
I got absolutely destroyed because I didn't understand the movement. I didn't understand how people were jumping around and jetpacking and just shooting me from yeah. crazy angles, and I didn't know what the heck was going on. And so I gave up very quickly. I just gave up. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of the players that were really good at like the the boost jumping and jetpack Call of Duties aren't quite as good at the boots oh, on the ground yeah. one, and vice versa. I mean, it goes both ways. Because yeah, yeah. like, I was never good at any of the wall jumping Call of Duties. Me neither. Um, and we both started on the original, like, classic Call of Duties. So, Correct. boots Correct. on the ground for years. Um, anyway, um, that's it for what we've been playing and why. You got anything else? That's pretty much uh, it. No, nah, we're good. We're good. Okay. Um, so I forgot to send you this, but we did watch a little bit of The Shining uh, over the weekend. A little oh, tidbit yeah, of we it. Yeah, you know? we went to that party that was playing. Yeah, we went to a party. Yeah. We, we caught the tail end of it. Uh, great movie. Yeah, such a good movie. Also, that movie gets absolutely shit on by critics. I have really? no idea why. It well, does. I heard initially, yeah, they like had a lot of people walking out of it. I guess, but I don't get why. I think it's I think it's a really good Stanley Kubrick film. And I, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very honest here. Huge Stanley Kubrick fan, so my <laughs> opinion too. is very biased. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know if I'm the right person to talk to about this, but I think Stanley Kubrick is one of the best, if not the best. So I I am not the person to ask about. What do you think about this movie? Well, did Stanley Kubrick direct it? If the answer is yes, then I probably liked it. Yeah, he made a lot of great movies. He made a shitload of great movies. Um, yeah, so we watched a little bit of The Shining. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite Kubrick movies. I mean, it, it was just fun to have in the background of the Halloween party. Yeah, I think it was, no volume. Just, yeah, it's just yeah. kind of on. And, you know, you recognize scenes. And it's a good Halloween time movie, I think, for absolutely, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that's what we've been playing and watching. Current releases, there really wasn't too much that I saw that I was like pumped for. I saw that Daredevil Season 3 came out. Uh, people seem to like it. Yeah. I have not watched it. People seem to like it. But I, uh, like I said, I dude, I probably haven't watched it in Season 1. So I'll have I think, to... I watched Season 2, but I remember it was out for a long time before I decided to watch it. And even when I watched it, it feels like a long time ago. So I don't mm-hmm. even remember what's going on in the story. Oh, who knows? Who knows? All you gotta know is that Daredevil is blind and he beats up bad guys. I mean, that's that's about all you gotta know, right? I that's, mean, that's, that's the extent of it, right? Um, yeah. All I remember is the uh, hallway fight in season one. Oh, that was that so awesome! That shot. was so awesome. <laughs> that's kind of like the watermark of the of the series. Well, there's there's supposed to be this new Netflix movie, and it's supposed to be a horror slash kung fu. Let me pull that this up. That sounds interesting. It sounds super interesting. I'm going to let you talk about what you want while I'm looking this up, and then we'll uh, we'll come back together. Uh, well, that's pretty much it for current releases. I don't have too much else. I'll probably watch Daredevil Season 3 eventually, but it's not going to be one. i got to finish Death Note, and I, wanna, I need to see Ozark Season 2. That's been out for a while now, too, and I still haven't seen it. Um, and I want to watch that house on... Uh, the, What's it called? The Haunting of Hill House. Haunting of Hill House. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know why that, I want to call one, it. That's one I would put at the top of your list. It okay. was real crazy good. I keep wanting to call it House on Haunted Hill. That's fine. Yeah, who cares? That's a movie, right? I don't know. Let's not uh, talk uh, about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, I don't really have any news either. Again, I looked. I wasn't impressed. I don't have any news for you guys. It's a slow week. So as soon as David pulls this up, we'll uh, talk you about know, let's, that. Let's, let's, let's transition. And I'll come back. Transition. Beer review. What are we drinking? We're drinking the Fights and Stuff and Haifa beer. <laughs> so originally we wanted to do a uh, Oktoberfest by the same brewery, 
actually a collab uh, of the brewery that we're drinking the beer of today and another brewery. Um, but it is out of season. We waited too long because um, this is the end of October. It's Halloween when we're recording this. So we couldn't do the Oktoberfest, so we decided to still go with like a German beer. And uh, this is the Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. Yeah, you say it great. It's a wheat beer. Okay. I actually need to pour myself another one. So maybe we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back. Uh, we both got uh, Hefeweizen. 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 I just say some stuff that sounds like the beer name. I don't even know what I'm saying. Dude, that's. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's all German. That's what my mom taught me. She's pretty fluent. I mean, she took the she took language for I don't know, Christ, six years. It's so. a it's a tasty beer. Anyway, okay, so you found that show you were thinking uh, about. It is called The Night Comes for Us. It's not a show. It's a movie. Oh, it's a movie. That's and, right. And uh, the guy the guy who directed it, he's got his fingerprints all over VHS two, which is one okay. of those found footage films uh-huh. I love. Um, saw the first one. I saw some of the first one. VHS one. Yeah, a really good movie. Really, really good. Really enjoyed all of it. Um, but this is supposed to be really good. Haven't checked it out. All okay. the things I'm hearing, though, across the internet are saying this might be better than Halloween in terms of a slasher. The new Halloween. Wow, that's quite a bold statement. I know. That, 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 that's what the people are saying. I mean, I saying. think as a slasher, I mean, you can make almost any modern-day slasher, and technically, it, like, and I mean, like, technically they're talking, speaking. They're, talking, they're talking about the new one. They're talking like, oh, this the new might one. Be better oh, than sure. The new yeah, Halloween. Yeah. I thought they were going to say the old Halloween. Oh, like it's not that, hard. That's not, that's not a fair comparison. That's well, a totally different he, time period. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like it's not hard to be a better slasher than the original Halloween, but you have a newer slasher because of Halloween, so correct. you can't really I, I, bash you can't, it. You for can't that. bash it. No, it's the originator. So. Correct. Um, um, either that or Psycho. I mean, whatever you want to. Psycho may be a little bit different of a movie, but um, anyway. Um, so the beer. So this is a wheat beer. Um, oldest brewery in the entire world supposedly no they probably are well, i mean uh, oldest <laughs> oldest running brewery i guess I okay say that. i mean people have been brewing Still. beer for longer than this place but this place has been going around since um, like i want to say 1066 or something like yeah that. is there i'm trying to look for a date here i'm kind of interested to see now. yeah maybe it says on the bottle there uh, uh, I, I know it says it's the world oldest brewery but hmm. i just from what i've read it's 10 oh 1040 1040 holy shit okay um, yeah, this is a pretty good beer. I've had a few uh, Hefeweizens. Um, this one, is, it's good. I mean, I'm not a huge Hefeweizen guy. I am. Um, not I like a huge it. wheat beer type of guy. I like them on occasion. I think when, often when people say wheat beer, they're like, I love Blue Moon. Yeah, I, I mean, like that's a... That. Uh, well, and that's not even what's what are they actually? Oh no, wait, Coors. I'm thinking they're of Boston by, Lager. I'm owned, thinking of that, well, I was about to say Blue Moon is owned by Coors. Yeah, that's a major brewery. It's one of the biggest breweries um, right. in the country. Right. So I mean, uh, not, Blue not, Moon is not a craft beer. <laughs> not to say that if I had a brewery and Coors came knocking at my door and said, "Hey, bud, we're willing to give you millions of dollars for your beer," I would just say, "Yes, please." Yeah. But when you when you sell out like that, your product loses some quality. That's that's just a fact. Especially if it's somebody who's mass producing beer, your product loses quality. But these guys do it the right way. I really think that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, this is this is a major brewery, but they're more popular in Germany, obviously. But I think even for America, they're pretty popular. I yeah, see their they're, beers. They're, they're they're a bigger beer company, and I mean, as as we talked about, they did do that collaboration with Sierra Nevada. So yeah, they, so, they do they do know what a good brewery is. I would say that Sierra Nevada, in terms of bigger breweries, is one that I trust. Yeah, it's a very trustworthy brewery, and that beer is very good. Um, we're gonna do the Sierra Nevada. 
Um, Weissenstaufen. Weissenstaufen collab Oktoberfest beer. Which is fan-fucking-tastic. It's the best Oktoberfest beer I've had. Um, so we wanted to do it. It's out of season, so we decided to still go with the same brewery um, and keep it German, I guess, because why not? German. Um, I like that beer more, though. I'll oh, be honest. Yeah. I yeah, like well, that one yeah. a lot more than this well, one. Well, it's a seasonal great beer, and it's brewed yeah. with like, one of the best breweries in America. Yeah, you're going to like it. Yeah, this is this um, is something they put out all the time. It's just one that's always going to be on tap. If you go to a place that has German beer and yeah, I'm sure. I, I bet as far as like German imports, this is a very popular beer. Oh, most definitely. Um, I could drink this in the summertime for sure. Yeah, it seems is, to be more of a summertime beer. Um, it's definitely a little. I don't, I don't know. Maybe if I late summer, citrusy, early. Fall. I would go. It's not, it's not like that citrusy thing that people often associate with a Hefeweizen because they think I've had Blue Moon, I've had Shock Dog. I've had. I mean, you taste the citrus because you're putting an orange peel in the blue moon. Well, God damn it, I hate that. It tastes, <laughs> it tastes like I'm like I'm drinking a cleaning product, to be honest. <laughs> but with this, it's more. It's I, I for real. I always get notes of banana bread, which is weird when I drink this beer. Yeah, so that's one of the tasting notes too. So this is what the website says: um, Our golden yellow wheat beer with its fine poured white foam smells of cloves and impresses consumers with its refreshing banana flavor. Um, it is full-bodied with a smooth yeast taste to be enjoyed at any time. It goes excellently with fish and seafood, with spicy cheese, and especially with the traditional Bavarian oh, spicy veal cheeses, sausage. You know, spicy cheeses. That's uh, that's what I'm into, huh? <laughs> so, and I could see. It. I think this is a beer that would pair very well with uh, with food, uh, a uh, lot of different food. Yeah, and I think I think that's what it was brewed for. I think it was brewed to be drank with food. Yep. I think so, a lot of the times when we drink these things, like when we drank the one last week, the how do you Chekovesa. Chekovesa. I don't want to eat anything with that. That's that's a meal unto itself. I'd eat some like salted cashews with that. Yeah, I mean, I'd eat you, some you're, nuts. Sit, you're, sit, you're sitting around a fire, you know, you're eating, you're sure. eating some, some salted nuts. Yeah, some fun. salted peanuts, maybe. But this, you, you order, you order this, you know, you're eating, you're, you're eating, eating uh, you're eating a uh, Reuben. With you're this. eating a Reuben. Oh, oh, now yeah. you're speaking my language. Yeah, now you're I speaking my that. language. Oh. All right, so the alcohol content on this, the ABV is a little bit lower than what we've reviewed so far. Well, I guess the Daisy Cutter is about the same as this, 5.4%. Um, so still more than basically any light beer you're going to get, and I even mean, more than some of like the, regular the Budweiser and Miller High Life, stuff like that. This is still more than that. Um, bitter value, IBU is still very low at 14. But this, so, I, as somebody who is really, very drinkable. really into very harsh bitter beers this is one that i still enjoy and it's one that i will buy yeah. on occasion i'm just, surprised you like this one honestly yeah i know it's it's not one that necessarily would be in my wheelhouse but half of Isons are something that i just enjoy i'm not exactly sure why i just like the flavors yeah i'm not as big on them um, but i still enjoy them from, enjoy them from time to time For, and i'll, I'll order are. one at a bar every now and then um but anyway um that is the beer um we'll well, I'm not going to link it in the description, but you, you'll you see what it is on the title of the video. We'll we'll spell it out for you in case you're interested. And a little Hefeweizen. Hefeweizen. Again, I don't think I'm saying it right. But anyway, okay, that's the beer. Uh, let's move on to the Spotlight, which is going to be Halloween. Spotlight. Halloween-themed movies or Halloween-time uh, movies. I don't exactly yeah, know what we're calling Whatever. We, we're very loosely themed with this one. Yeah, it's it's a pretty loose theme. Um I just wanted to do something kind of in the vein of Halloween, since this is Halloween night. Um, my my movie, I always think of this movie when I'm thinking about watching a movie around Halloween time, and that is Donnie Darko. Classic. 
it's become a cult favorite among many people. Um, I love this movie. I, I don't. I don't see how you could not like this movie. Uh, my fiance hate the, hates this movie. What's she not like about it? Uh, she just doesn't like it. She's like she hates that song at the end for one thing. The that, Mad that, World by Gary Jules. The but cover. But that's just a small part. That's just a small. I know. Part of well, that she movie. just you know the whole thing makes her feel weird. Um, she doesn't like any movies that make her feel weird. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think this movie is fantastic. I I watch it probably almost once a year, and like I said, I usually watch around Halloween time. I watched it two nights ago to kind of prep for this. Um, great movie. Great solid. movie. So I think solid in every way. I want is one of those movies where I watched like in my young adolescence and it just like resonated with me. Donnie Darko, the character, resonated with me a lot, and I think that's why I like the movie so much. Um, David, sometimes I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. <laughs> that that mom is like atrocious in the movie. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm sometimes talking about. Sometimes I doubt you. <laughs> I doubt your commitment to Sparkle Motion. Um, so the movie came out in 2001. If, if maybe you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie, um, Jake Gyllenhaal is the main character. Uh, follows a teenage boy who basically um, experiences death in a way. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole plot of the movie and try to explain it. There's tons of videos it's, out there. It, that I would do also that. say that the plot is convoluted. It is convoluted. It's kind of a it's kind of a mess if you I look like into it. I like this movie a lot, but it is oh, I love it. so difficult to understand the first time you watch it. All you can yeah. think after you watch it is, what the hell did oh, I just watch? Oh, I mean, I watched it two nights ago for probably the fifth or sixth time, and I still don't understand okay. it, but I still love it. Um, the movie takes place in 1988, I believe. It, it does take place in an earlier time period, um, which kind of plays into it. I mean, I like the time period. Um, time travel. Yeah, there's some kind of there's some time travel themes going on. There's a tangent universe and a primary universe. Um, basically, if you haven't seen it, um, Donnie experiences um, a jet engine falling out of the sky into his bedroom. He's he's a chronic sleepwalker. He wasn't there, but he comes back. Uh, it's crashed through his room, and like a day later, he's visited by Frank, this six foot tall bunny. This man dressed as a bunny. It's a bunny costume. And this bunny tells him there's 28 days until the world ends. And then the movie takes place over the following 28 days. And it's kind of... I've always, I've always, as I watch this movie, I wonder if it's a movie more about the supernatural or more about Donnie's mental health and his ability to differentiate between what's real and what's in his, in his brain. Well, and I've seen some people talk about how they think that it is basically... Uh, Donnie does die in the beginning. He does get killed, and then this all the movie is this alternate uh, tangent universe where he sees what could he have what, changed what, what could had have he lived. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen that theory out there. There's a lot of theories out there on this movie. I think it is kind of um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Um, it's up for debate um, on what exactly the true meaning of the movie is. It's very murky. Very yeah. Murky. Um, there's a word I'm trying to think of, but I can't think ah, of it. Yeah, cool. ah, who cares? Um, ah, this yeah. movie, so I watched it again. This movie is actually hilarious. There's tons of comedy in this movie, and also some stuff that's, I don't want to say dated in terms of if it was supposed to be funny at the time, but there, there's a lot of comedy in this movie. This also has great music. Isn't, so I noticed uh, that too. Isn't the Seth Rogen in this movie? Yeah, he's one of the two role. bullies. <laughs> I like your boobs. <laughs> <laughs> such a weird cringy line like even for his character i was like what the hell um yeah seth rogan's in this uh being a creep on on some girls 
Um, great cat. So th- this movie does. If you like, I don't know. If I would have watched this in the mid 2000s, I wouldn't have watched when it came out because I was like six years old. But um, it's got a lot of good, got a little people in it. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal. He plays the main character. Love Maggie Jake, Gyllenhaal. Love Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Love yeah, him. I do too now. Um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, his real life sister, plays his sister in the movie. Um, she's great too in this movie. Um, his two parents, I think, are great. I don't know their names. I didn't do that much research. Um, yeah, that's fair. They're fantastic. Like I love their dynamic in this movie. Granted, the dad seems more like a friend and less like a father to Donnie. He doesn't well, really seem like a realistic father. I think that. Well, I think that's because you and I have very different fathers from what a lot of people have for fathers. I think sometimes parents are much friendlier with their kids than they were with us. I mean, Could I, be, I, yeah. we, we both we both grew up in houses where it was you know. Everybody, this is mom and dad. I do what I say. And, yeah, and, and if you don't want to do what I say, leave. Yeah, they're, his parents are very different in the movie. Yes. Like, they're very... But I think, uh, I mean, just, just in talks with some friends and some coworkers, uh, there are parents that are like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm, I I know there is. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Which is weird the first time you hear it. I, I really yeah. think that. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, Megan Gyllenhaal. Um, Drew Barrymore is in this movie. She plays the teacher, uh, the English teacher of Donnie. Yeah, yeah, she's she's smoking. <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of. Well, I guess she was in movies before this, but this is the earliest movie I can think of her in. But I'm, I know she was in movies before this one. But well, she definitely was. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just can't think of any. But um, Drew Barrymore's in this. Um, Patrick Swayze as Jeff Cunningham oh, in the movie. Man, just a oh. total dirtbag. Every time I watch this movie, I forget as I'm watching it that it's later revealed that he has this stash of child pornography at his house. Yeah, that's, that's I a, forget that's a that. really big twist where yeah. there's this person that everybody's rallying behind, and they're he's this, like a, this is this is our guy. He's our motivational speaker. You know, he's he's the one who understands what the world is really about. Yeah, I guess he's an author too. I didn't know that, but upon reading up on it, he's an author turned motivational speaker. You know, believe in anything and you can accomplish it. That kind of thing. Oh. He plays that that role so well, though. Well, like I, it's he's so believable. You you believe like okay, that seems like a real guy. Like that guy actually exists. As crazy as he is, he probably exists. I, I, I like Patrick Swayze in this role. I really mm-hmm. did. Well, and it's a smaller role too. He's not. He's a side character. For I'm, sure. I'm gonna be real, but. Patrick Swayze kind of maybe should have been a side character all the time. I think that. Oh yeah. Well, I liked him a lot in Point Break, but he wasn't the main character. He was the start opposite. Um, Correct. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Um, I'm trying to think of a good line to quote off Point Break. I can't think of any. Um, okay. Patrick Swayze of Jeff Cunningham. Uh, Donnie's parents. Uh, so I noticed this when I watched this two nights ago. There's some like racial slurs. Donnie's friends are just pieces of shit. Yeah, his two buddies. So go back to China. Yeah, like okay. So I actually made a note of that. So the ra- racial slurs. So Donnie's uh, younger sister has this friend who is Chinese. Um, Chinese, and she's a little bigger. And these friends of Donnie's just like are they terrible to her. Into her, man. Like in. Um, racial slurs at the sister and later on the friend not in the very beginning but like a little bit later the friend is like uh porky pig i hope you get molested that's a real line in the movie oh yeah donnie's friend says that to this uh you know chinese uh girl that's terrible early 2000s were a very different time for filmmakers i even yeah i mean so let's say they make this movie today and they said it in 1988 
I still don't think you can say something like that. I'm going to bet if this movie was put out this year, I bet this movie would get for real lambasted. This it would movie. get trashed by uh, uh, reviews for it. would be terrible. I guarantee it. Well, I mean, like critics people, could, would just shit all over it. I think, I think that the, the mental health community would jump on this one. They would say, well, it portrays mental health in such a negative way, and the ending is so Yeah, negative. and he does have a gun at one point in the movie. Correct. Um, and he shoots a kid with it. He doesn't go to a school, but he does shoot a kid in the eye, Frank. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think uh, this movie could be made in the same way today by any means. It would be a well, totally I different movie. I'd, well, I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk about that, you know, then we might as well talk about Blazing Saddles and Airplane and all these movies. <laughs> you know, like, you, you make Blazing Saddles today, you've got a real problem. you got to rewrite these movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's some funny stuff I know. Donnie's friend, this is such a thing that, like, young teenage boys would say. So, like... You'll notice, like, in the, I, I don't know if they actually verbally talk about it, but Donnie and his friends are smoking cigarettes waiting for the school bus. And I, I thought, I like laughed out loud. One of his <laughs> friends is like, he's smoking cigarettes and he gives Donnie one. And this is just like a throwaway line. This isn't like it's focused on him saying this. His friend's like smoking this cigarette. He, he's like holding it like a joint or whatever. He's like, this is some good shit, huh, Donnie? Or something like that. And then the scene just like ends and it cuts away. And I just laugh. I laugh so hard. I was like, what the? That's something like a, t- a teenage total, kid. Total teenage yeah. Yeah, some good yeah, yeah. shit, huh? Like, I thought that was funny. Uh, kids, kids are doing coke at school. Like in the one, so like, there's a montage towards well, the I beginning mean, kids, of the movie. Kids did drugs at our school, right? I mean, yeah, we like went, we went to a super teeny tiny school. So Seth Rogen and and the other bully, and I'd say the other bully actually has a bigger, a little role, bit bigger role yeah. in the movie. Uh, of course, Seth Rogen since then has blown up. But anyway, those two bullies, they're doing coke at the beginning of the movie like in a montage. And like a teacher see, – well, it's the principal actually. Yeah, he, sees uh, he walks he by, he sees it, head. and he like shakes his head like these kids. Like what? That wouldn't happen. Like the, they would get expelled for I sure mean, if I he mean, actually it's saw. A mov- it's a movie. It's a movie. It, well, exactly. So it's a movie. I thought that whole opening montage was great. I forgot about it. If you go back and rewatch it, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about because there's a montage in the beginning. Um, the whole scene where Gretchen, um, Donnie's love interest in the movie and who he ultimately sacrifices himself for, if you want to look at it that way at the end, because um, she dies, she gets hit by the car, obviously. Gretchen, when she gets introduced and she walks into the classroom, Drew Barrymore's classroom, whatever, and she's like sit next to the boy you think is cutest. Oh, that's a, that's a totally weird situation. That's something that, I would never do. That would never happen in a real life classroom. Ever. I would. Ever. I would. I would automatically have an assignment. You had to be like, you sit here now. Mm-hmm. You uh, you sit next to this kid. He's Filipino. He doesn't speak English. Right? You'll be fine. <laughs> doesn't speak. Granted, I mean that's kind of going back to like, okay, it's a movie, like whatever, but. Um, I also think it's kind of, it's interesting. Like Donnie really doesn't open up until he meets Gretchen and like they kind of, he walks her home later that day and he kind of, he doesn't really say much in the movie up until that point. And then he just kind of, you kind of see more what kind of person he is, not as the mental state that he's going through, but just kind of like the kid in him, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, this movie's a bit of a slow burn. Uh, um, definitely. I, it takes a long time to get anywhere. Yeah, I'd say like half the movie is a slow this burn is, in the is, first this half. Is, this is not one where I would have a friend come over and say, hey, man, you want to watch Johnny Darko? Unless they had already watched it. Yes, This exactly. is one where it's, you know, you experience this one on your own, you know? This well, is, and this would be an okay one to have on in the background with the volume off, like at a party. Yeah, a party if yeah, a yeah. lot of people, like a party of I mean, our friends where a lot of yeah, people, people have seen, have seen it. it. Yeah, 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 exactly. 
Um, so yeah, a bit of a slow burn. The effects are a little dated, but I mean, I mean, it, a movie's going to date and it comes out. I mean, the movie's 17 years old. Um, uh, that's, I don't have too much else. Uh, Frank's reveal on the bunny rabbit in the movie theater. I yeah. thought was, that's one of the best scenes in the movie. Oh, the movie theater? It takes, yes. yeah, it we takes ta- his we mask off. We talked about that earlier this week, didn't we? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. After I watched it and he just takes his mask off and, and turns towards Donnie. He's got his eye all out. I think that's a great scene. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go through the whole plot of the movie. If you've seen it, you obviously know Convol- the plot. Um, so convoluted, though. I mean, still love it. Reference you back, convoluted, real weird, real strange. It's one where you'll tell your friends to watch it and they'll come back. If they're not in the movies, they'll be. Yeah, you got to be into movies. Uh, these these dudes will say, "Why why would you ever tell me to watch this? Why?" Well, you, you got to be into sci-fi movies too to enjoy this for sure. And a lot of people aren't. It it is heavy in the sci-fi. You're right. Um, the whole bubble thing. Yeah. yeah, the bubble thing, the whole... No, predestination and whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I love this movie. Um, it's pretty far up there for me as far as like time travel, mind-bender movies. I enjoy it every time I watch it. I'm going to go in a very different direction. I'm going to go with A Nightmare Before Christmas, which is one of my favorite Halloween it's movies. It's Tim Burton. Tim Burton, Danny Elfman piece. Love okay. both those dudes. Um Danny Elfman actually stars as Jack Skellington, so I don't know if you knew that, but Mm-mm. he also did the music and was Jack Skellington, so that's some pretty dope stuff. I just, I really like this movie. I am a big fan of Claymation. I am a big fan of the idea of the occult and this concept of otherworldly beings. Not that I believe in it, but I like the idea of it. I don't know if that makes sense. What's uh, what's the premise of the movie? Uh, essentially, there is this guy. He's the main... So, in this in this universe, every, every holiday has their own world. Mm-hmm. And the leader of Halloween has decided that he's no longer happy with Halloween. That he has said it's too sad, it's depressing. Yep. And so he goes over and he tries to take over Halloween, and he just uh, not Halloween. He takes over Christmas, and he just does a terrible job. <laughs> so, for example, he'll leave kids biting traps for Christmas <laughs> presents and things like that. Things that you would expect from a Halloween person, right? Exactly. He just doesn't totally understand. It's about it's a story about fitting in and recognizing who you are, and it's 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 an important movie. I think that Tim Burton really kills it. I like all Tim Burton's work as well. So once again, not not a fair judge. I like Tim Burton a lot. What's uh he did one bad movie, I'm trying to think of it. Tim Burton's done a couple bad movies. <laughs> I'm gonna stand by them. There's one I, um did he do Beetlejuice? You don't like Beetlejuice? No no, no I'm asking, did he do Beetlejuice? Uh let me pull up the Gerfugel. I like Beetlejuice a lot. I, I was about to say I'm I, pretty sure he did, because that's the earliest movie I can think yeah, of I, him. I'm almost positive. But let me double check. Um, this is not something I researched beforehand. I would have done Beetlejuice. It was Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. So I would have done Beetlejuice for my Halloween time movie. However, I have not seen it enough times to really, you know, to talk, talk about to it. To talk in depth. extensively about it, but it's one of those movies like I saw it when I was really young. And oh, it's, it, it's 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 a little bit freaky when you're a little. Dude. It kind of freaked me out, but it also like I was really. Uh, impressed even when i was younger with like all the special effects and like all the creatures and stuff like in that weird uh dimension um i almost picked that i just haven't seen enough times and i haven't seen it anytime recently to to go in depth on it but beetlejuice uh, beetlejuice beetlejuice michael keaton of course as beetlejuice we do love michael keaton on this podcast we do love some yeah we, we love us some michael keaton 
Um, actually, I remember reading some trivia about that movie. They were gonna name so Beetlejuice is actually spelled differently. The characters Beetlegeist, right? Yeah, Beetlegeist, like, basically, like the, like the star formation. Yeah, and they wanted to call the movie that, but they were afraid that mainstream audiences wouldn't Nobody. know what they were talking about. Mm-hmm. So they named it Beetle, just how it looks, Beetlejuice. But yeah, I'm I'm assuming that most people have watched A Nightmare Before Christmas. It's been out for a while. It's solid claymation, solid fun, really good story about fitting in. Don't want to talk too much about it, but. I'll, uh, I'll let Chris wrap us up. All right, that is it. This has been Watch, Play, Repeat. Thank you all for joining us. We'll hope you will listen again. Uh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.